Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for March 13th, 2020. Well, once again, good morning, fellow pilgrims. It's again a delight to be with you on this morning, and I invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. We're going to do something a little different today. My son Matthew, who does the recording with me, is with me here today, and we've been discussing some things, and we use a particular devotional that's used been for years, people all over the world. And in talking about it this morning... Matthew came up with some insights, and so I'm inviting him to read from my utmost, his highest, and to read the devotional for this day, and let's make some comments about it and talk about it together. Matt, go ahead. Okay. There's going to be some chair squeaking (laughs) as we roll in front of the microphone. Um, uh, So this is a reading of the, we're recording on March 4th for today, which I think is the 13th, so um, this is the March 4th reading. Uh, could this be true of me? And he quotes Acts twenty twenty four. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. It's easier to serve God without a vision, easier to work for God without a call, because then you are not bothered by what God requires. Common sense is your guide, veneered over with Christian sentiment. You'll be more prosperous and successful, more leisure-hearted, if you never realize the call of God. But if, at once you, but if once you realize a commission from Jesus Christ, the memory of what God wants will always come like a goad. You will no longer be able to work for him, work for him on the common sense basis. I mean, that, just that paragraph is what we've been talking about for the last, yes. last weeks. What do I really count dear? If I have not been gripped by Jesus Christ, I will count my service dear. Time given to God, dear, my life, dear unto myself. Paul says he counted his life, dear, only in order that he might fulfill the ministry he had received. He refused to use his energy for any other thing. Acts 20.24 states Paul's almost sublime annoyance at being asked to consider himself. He was absolutely indifferent to any consideration other than that of fulfilling the ministry he had received. Could I interrupt here at that portion? Yeah, absolutely. And read in Acts 24, uh, 20, 24 and 5. Let me read those two verses just in light of what you've just read. Yeah, yeah. He said, <clears throat> verse 24 of 20, But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, in order that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God, then 25. And now behold, I know that all of you, among whom I went about preaching the kingdom, will see my face no more. 
It's the kingdom again that draws it. That's why the things that you were reading about just were God's. I mean, that's the whole. I think that's the whole point of what what he's saying is that God has grabbed a hold of you when you fully and are really born again. Yes, he grabs a hold of you and says, "This is your commission, and anything that you do to put in front of that is a distraction." Yes, Uh, anything. Right. Yeah. Practical work, uh, I'm reading the last little bit now. Practical work may be a competitor against abandonment to God because practical work is based on this argument. Remember how useful you are or (laughs) think of how much value you would be in that particular type of work. That attitude does not put Jesus Christ as the guide as to where we should go, but our judgment as to where we are of most use. Never consider whether you are of use, but consider that you are not your own, but his. Amen. And I just, I mean, the thing that comes to mind is I remember specifically, and it was good intention people doing good intention things where this is back in the 90s. I think this is the last last time I saw this kind of come around. Okay. Was, remember we were taking personality tests to see oh. where you would get placed if you would do... If you are you a teacher, are you a whatever? That's great, but it completely sidesteps the grace and mercy and the the gifts that God could give you. Well, you know, Matt, when when I uh, went and quote entered the ministry before I was born again, that's what they gave me. Yeah, personality test. He said you will work well in these areas (laughs) because we've tested your person. I found that it wasn't true. I know. Well, and it could be, and this is this is the stuff that blows my mind, and uh, and what also at the same time angers me, <laughs> is that the very thing that I don't want to do, uh, maybe the thing that God calls me to do. I hear you. But the issue isn't that. Uh, I mean, it's because it becomes a. That's the sacrifice. That's what I you know. Is saying. Uh, Lord, I trust you that you are leading me into the thing that will fulfill me, regardless of whether it's something I want to do or not. I think that's the key. I think when we, Barbara and I were born again is when we discovered who he had created us to be, right. not what the personality tests said I could well, be. Because it flips it. Yes. It flips it entirely. It flips it and makes God based on what we believe. You know? You're right. So and it's that that garbage thing that that the church has done for years and I you know I I love the church I'm not attacking the church I'm just saying that there's of course we've made some missteps Oh yes where we have uh in well-intentioned taken business and psychology ideas and tried to bring them into the church Um overall that's a I would say that that's a pretty stark denial of what it is that God is saying Yes He's saying, okay, all of that stuff, sure, that's fine, but listen to me. Right. Listen to me. Listen to, I mean, that's, be able to hear my voice, respond to it, and in that response, the very thing you're searching for, I will give to you, because it's just, yeah. it's it's more of him. You I, you may recall last, last podcast, I was finishing up talking a bit that I did over and over seek ye first the kingdom of God right now what is more basic human need than food shelter and clothing but that's what those tests talk about yeah food shelter and clothing I I don't know the exact connection yeah if if 
because this is what what your natural bent is, right? Um, these will be the things that will secure food, shelter, and clothing. And you see them. Yeah. You see them. They're very natural. And we're called to walk by the Spirit. I think that's why he ends that portion by saying, listen to your Father first. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God. That goes against all of those, quote, uh, personality definitions of who I am. Yeah. Because they they are natural. Yeah. And we are called to do something that's super natural. Yeah. I was reading uh, the last podcast that we did. I was finishing reading from Second Timothy. And let me read these verses again, where Paul is talking to Timothy about the ministry that he wants Timothy to complete right. when he's gone. So I'm going to read them again. I'm only going to begin back in the third chapter of Second Timothy chapter 3. You, however, continue in the things you've learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And what has often happened, and I've I've been in these kinds of quote seminars where they're trying to pick out all of your natural qualities, and what he's saying here is, no, let's go to God, let's go to the scripture and see the, what does he emphasize? And again, not to be Mr. Redundant again, Matt. Yeah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then he says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, resort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accomplish for themselves excuse me, accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Oh, absolutely. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who've loved his appearing. I just think that here's the Apostle Paul telling young Timothy, Timothy, you don't don't need a a personality form. Mm. What you need is the sacred writings inspired by the the Holy Spirit of God. And then you enter and you enter into the kingdom of God. And you live life that out. And that's costly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, that in that whole speech, um, you know, that speech, that whole section of Scripture, there's very little common sense 
right. related practicalities. That's my point. All he says is, just go and do it. <laughs> yes. You know, this, this is what God's calling you to do. Continue to do that. He doesn't say anything about... Um, Oh, your wage, or you're in, you know, anything. That's not that's, that's not a right. part of it because they've they've already they were there, or they've received the revelation that that stuff is taken care of. That's why you know. Again, f- forgive me for going back to my last podcast, but it says, "Don't seek food, shelter, and clothing." Yeah. the basic necessities of life. And what Oswald is talking about here is he's saying, "Look at." It, it, you've got to have a different motivation yeah. for why you do things, and it can't be out of your natural callings. Right. It's got to be supernatural. Well, and there's this, uh, there's a, a sense I think, and I think this is kind of going, you know, going and also going back to kind of that at least that first paragraph of the devotional from from the third or the fourth of March was. Yeah. It's, he's saying it's easier to be a believer with, uh, without a vision. It's easier to be uh, because you get sidelined into practicality. <laughs> yes. And, um, be, and so if you don't have a pig, if you're not pursuing the kingdom of God or you're not pursuing that thing that God has called you to do, um, then all you're doing is just... L- it's what you, it's kind of what you used to say years ago. You're living normal a normal life with fire insurance. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Well, that's just religion. Yeah. So you're in your you're in this place where you're. You remember this is even Graham. I remember Graham Cook years ago talking about how the 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 bride of Christ was just a huge ass and an ear. Yes. Because it was just all you're just you're just listening to all this teaching and you're just sitting and you're not act actively moving forward and right. But there's such a difference between when you when an individual responds to the voice of God calling them out, and someone who is standing in front of a church goading them forward. Oh boy! Do you? But and and we we had our fair share of times where stuff we like sure that would did. happen. Yeah. And and the response of people who were really legitimately trying to move forward in God was always, "Hold on." Yeah. Yeah. Hold on! Don't uh, you're not going to guilt me into 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 moving forward. I'm right. going to move forward because it's the call of God on my life. It's the revelation of what He called me to do, to not live out of my natural life, yeah, but to live out of a supernatural. Absolutely. Life. You know, as we close this podcast, I was thinking of Isaiah's commission. Do you remember it in the sixth chapter when he he uh, has the vision of King Uzziah? I'm just let me read this oh, and we'll yeah. close it. Okay. Yeah. It's a few verses, but I'd, I think I'd like to close this portion with it. He says, sure. in, in the year that King Uzziah died, this is Isaiah 6, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted with a train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. And then I said, Woe to me, I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. I mean, that's what it is. It's unclean lips, Matt, until the next verse. 
one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar, with tongs rather. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard, this blesses me, Matt, I get so excited. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Um, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, their eyes dim, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? There's more there. But it's the same principle. I need that touch of God that breaks that natural affinity that religion seems to feed into, Matt. Yeah. And it says, it's something I've come to. I don't know another word. I hate it. Uh-huh. I love Jesus so much. I love the scripture so much. But I hate religion and religious activity. Yeah, the, the only last thing I would lo- uh, just want to mention at the end is how much the enemy wants to keep the church just where it is. Yes. Because um, if you can fill a, a stadium with people who don't do anything, oh. then absolutely. Amen. And uh, all, I, think, I think all that this is is that God is saying, uh, I'm, I'm, calling you, I'm calling you to do the work, but it's not out of this religious obligation that you've felt your so whole life. Religion. This is, uh, this is out of everything that you're wanting and you're, you're, you're searching for. And needing will be given to you by me in the midst of the work. Amen. And it doesn't, it's not. Um, it's daily. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about who you are. Come on. All you need to do is learn to listen to the voice of God and respond. And every bit of the grace of God and the desire that's in your heart will be satisfied. Amen. And it doesn't matter what that chore is. Matt, why don't you end with prayer today? Okay. <laughs> Lay alone, brother. All right. Hallelujah. Uh, my dad just asked me to pray. And um, before I jump into that, um, I wanted to read something that I had sent to my dad um, a couple months uh, in February, um, a few months, uh, one month ago. Um, and it's an excerpt from George McDonald's. Uh, he has a series of books called Unspoken Sermons, and there's one called Justice. And essentially, he was asked by his parishioners, uh, so what is it that you actually do believe? And so he took some time and came back with this response. And it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's not too long, but it's something that ties in to a lot of the things that my dad and I are talking about. So I really felt like it was, this was the perfect time. Uh, and I'll just read it to you. And if you get a chance, hunt, hunt for those books, Unspoken Sermons. I think there's three volumes. So here we go. I will tell you what I believe. I believe in Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, my elder brother, my Lord and Master. I believe that he has a right to my absolute obedience whereinsoever I know or shall come to know his will, that to obey him is to ascend the pinnacle of my being, that to not obey him would be to deny him. I believe that he died that I might die like him, 
die to any ruler ruling power in me, but the will of God live ready to be nailed to the cross as he was, as he was, if God will it, I believe that he is my savior from myself and from all that has come of loving myself from all that God does not love and would not have me love all that is not worth loving that he died that the justice the mercy of god might have its way in me making me just as god is just merciful as he is merciful perfect as my father in heaven is perfect i believe and pray that he will give me what punishment i need to set me right or to keep me from going wrong i believe that he died to deliver me from all meanness pretense falseness unfairness cowardice fear anxiety self-love all trust or hope in possession to make me merry as a child the child of our father in heaven loving nothing but what is lovely desiring nothing i should be ashamed to let the universe of god see me desire i believe that god is just like jesus only greater yet for jesus said so that he is absolutely grandly beautiful with the beauty that creates beauty, not merely shows it that he has always done is always doing his best for every man that he is not a God to crouch before, but our father to whom the child heart cries exultant do with me as thou wilt. I believe that there is nothing good for me or for any man, but God and more and more of God, and that alone through knowing Christ can we come nigh to him. I believe that no man is ever condemned for any sin except one, that he will not leave his sins and come out of them, and be the child of him who is his father. That justice and mercy are simply one and the same thing. Without justice to the full, there can be no mercy, and without mercy to the full, there can be no justice. That such is the mercy of God that he will hold his children in the consuming fire of his distance until they pay the uttermost farthing, until they drop the purse of selfishness with all the dross that is in it, and rush home to the Father and the Son and the many brethren, rush inside the center of the life-giving fire whose outer circles burn. I believe that no hell will be lacking which would help the just mercy of God to redeem his children. To him who obeys and thus opens the doors of the heart, God gives the spirit of his son, the spirit of himself to be in him and lead him into the understanding of all truth. The true disciple shall always thus know what he ought to know, ought to do though not necessarily what another ought to do. The Spirit enlightens by teaching righteousness. No teacher should strive to make men think as he thinks, but to lead them to the living truth, the Master himself, who will make them into themselves, know what is true by the very seeing of it. Let me make sure I read that correctly. Uh... Lead them to the living truth, the master himself, who will make them in themselves know what is true by the very seeing of it. To be the disciple of Christ is the end of being. 
to persuade men to be his disciples is the end of teaching. And now I will go back to the prayer. Um, Lord God, I just ask right now, I ask that you would, uh, once again, it's the thing that I'm, all, I'm always afraid of. I just ask that the, the Holy Spirit would bring uh, a ringing truth to the things that are of your Holy Spirit. And that if there's anything that's not of your Holy Spirit, that it would just die and people would forget it. So, mm-hmm. Father, I just ask that your kingdom be alive in, in my life, in my dad's life, in my children's lives, in my wife's life, and everyone who's listening. I ask that you would begin to reveal to them that they're not as important as their response is. Hmm. And that, that your Holy Spirit would be so alive that it, we would just start waking up. I feel like that's what it is. It's, I mean, it's, wake up. It's, uh, I mean, I'm quoting from a science fiction novel, but there's a <laughs> line where someone finally achieves their goal and he says, Father, the sleeper has awakened. Oh, yes. And so, Father, I just asked that you would wake us up and that we would begin to step out of our religious life and move towards the kingdom of God. Oh, amen. And uh, we just lay all this stuff at your feet and ask that you would give us the strength to move forward. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks, son. Yeah. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.